uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Welcome to the New Wine FM United Breaks Out podcast. I'm Gary and I'm glad you could join us. It's Saturday, it's day three of United Breaks Out and what an amazing couple of days it's already been. If you want to catch up on anything from any of the venues, simply go to new-wine.org forward slash breaks out. First up today, we speak to Open Doors about their ongoing work with the persecuted church and some of the additional challenges they faced during COVID-19 and about the event that Open Doors are running at United Breaks Out this evening. So I'm Emma Worrell and it's a real privilege of mine to be part of the team at Open Doors and for over 65 years now we've been serving Christians around the world who dare to follow Jesus in the context of persecution and risk and danger and my role at Open Doors is a bit of a mix. I I do a bit of marketing and communication and also um, speak in churches and and sort of very connected with New Wine and and, um, partnerships like that so it's brilliant to to be part of this few days. The story of Open Doors goes way back to 1955 and many listeners may well have read a book called God Smuggler which tells the story of how Open Doors began the story of Brother Andrew, a 20-something that went and smuggled Bibles across the borders of Eastern Europe realising that actually you know, no persecuted Christian should be forgotten or be alone and that whole idea that actually we as the church around the world we're family we're part of the body of Christ and you know when one part suffers we all suffer that's 1 Corinthians 12 26 and that's been a real a mandate um, and part of the open doors DNA for years and years now that actually we go where it costs the most that wherever Christians are hit hardest by persecution we seek to have a presence through our sort of secret networks where we're you know providing uh, practical spiritual and emotional support so we started off very much as a bible smuggling ministry and obviously things have changed and the arena we worked in was very much you know uh, Soviet Union Eastern Europe well these days we work in something like 60 60 countries around the world such as the scale and scope of persecution and and the remit that we believe that God has given us to go and to you know into the toughest places and I think Open Doors always had that vision that actually, you know, the the work of God could never be stopped or halted by 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 men and women. And, uh, you know, and I think we've really sort of seen that, that God works in the midst of the danger and difficulty. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just just a great thing to be part of part of this, this work of bringing God's kingdom in and, and helping the church be the church in, in the darkest places and, and being family to them. So like I said, you know, we started off by smuggling Bibles, but a lot of that has changed. In recent times, I've just last year, I got to see a bit of our trauma care work in northern Nigeria and uh, just you know just seeing that in action and seeing change over the course of a few days in the lives of some women who've experienced some horrific brutal experiences um, has just been brilliant and in recent times with COVID-19 we've um, been seeing you know just how um, able to adapt and, and practically support people in terms of feeding them and looking after them but a whole load of discipleship stuff happens and uh, still smuggling happens but it happens in different ways these days as well so um, yeah just just a, a real great breadth really of what, of what we see um, in, in terms of supporting the persecuted church and the needs are very different in 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 the specific context that we're speaking in so um, yeah and we're very much driven by the needs on on the ground from 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 the local church that is facing persecution. 
of course, this season has been a real challenge and we've had to adapt. We've had to change um, like everyone else, really. And I think, yeah, I think it's just been um, amazing to see, see our teams who already were working in extreme danger, taking great risks, risking their lives before lockdown. And, you know, you add into the mix, you know, I, I've been thinking about the three P's that are often faced by our teams and, and the people that we're working with, the local churches that we're working with, you know, they're facing poverty, they're facing persecution and you know a massive stranglehold with with those two things you then you throw the third p into the mix the pandemic and it's it's this you know uh toxic sort of cocktail really that is engulfing uh so many places that we're working and you know just just credit to the teams on the ground for adapting and responding and taking risks so you know i think i think that whole idea of daring to go to the riskiest places you know, is very much part of who we are and, and that call in our lives, not to do anything stupid, but, um, you know, just be obedient to what, what God is asking us to do. So, um, yeah, there have definitely been challenges um, in, in, in many parts of the world, which obviously we, at times it's quite difficult for us to speak too openly about some of the places that we're working in. But for sure, there's been a challenge in terms of sort of, you know, extra security being stepped up on certain border crossings, um, just just the difficulty in in getting access to um, to, to to communities that are starving and, and that kind of restriction because of lockdown in itself. But yeah, some great stories of courageous um, open doors partners on the ground taking risks and and going into these places and providing you know the the, the, the provisions that that our family around the world so desperately need. I think before lockdown life was hard for you know thousands millions of christian communities you know we we estimate at open doors that there are something like 260 million christians living with high or extreme levels of persecution we we put out every year something called the open doors world watch list which ranks the 50 most dangerous places to be a christian you know it's really costly um and so already they were living with that sort of global shrinkage in the freedom space to be a christian life was hard a lot of isolated despised rejected communities already then you add, you know, lockdown into the mix and, and life has, you know, become even harder for, for many of these communities. So, you know, I'm thinking uh, parts of um, Central Asia, India, Bangladesh, Syria, Vietnam, you know, I, I could go on. Um, so many of these stories have been popping up where where, where it's just been really hard uh, for these communities, people struggling to survive. The amazing thing is that we've been able to provide for... Um, for about 100,000 uh, Christians in terms of practical help and support. And so that, that, that that's just been uh, a real blessing and a real miracle. And so much of that, you know, is, is because people partner with us in terms of giving and praying and, and uh, for sure, uh, us being able to get hope and resources to, to Christians who desperately are going hungry um, is, is down to the church being family and responding together. So, yeah, I think we, we've what we've definitely seen is that through lockdown, um, many sort of governments have actually been discriminating against Christian communities. So India is probably a bit of a prime example where actually COVID-19 aid was being distributed, but oftentimes Christians were the last in the line or or just didn't get the, the aid uh, that they needed, the food, the, the emergency supplies that they needed. And that story has probably, probably been replicated. You know, I can think of a story of a, of a church in Vietnam where, 
yeah, the Christian community didn't get the government aid, but actually, thankfully, the Open Doors sort of partners were able to step in and provide food for them and actually provided food for others in their community as well. So we're hearing stories that in the midst of this difficulty and Christians being last in line, that actually the church is still being really generous and 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 loving others around them and and yeah just that whole idea of being open-handed and generous with what they have as well which which is fantastic but yeah that discrimination is something we have definitely been been seeing um a lot i think this season of lockdown has been a bit of a connecting point for us here in the united kingdom to those around the world who who are used to living in isolation and restriction and confinement um and i think in a way it's that that sort of hopefully a bit of a an empathy um growth growth if you like i think just for us to to begin to understand a little bit of what it's like and i think we can all say we've we've had the highs and lows of lockdown haven't we um and and just just experiencing that little take you know the whole world pretty much experienced a bit of isolation over the past weeks and months and so um, and yet for us you know as as lockdown begins to ease and those restrictions begin begin to ease um I think it's it's just worth bearing in mind and, and probably a very sobering thought for me and, and hopefully your listeners too, that actually lockdown for us was just temporary um, and to, to a degree, um, fairly novel experience, um, albeit I'm, I'm sure that, you know, for, for others, it's been really, really tough and hard and I don't want to downplay that. But for millions of Christian communities around the world, lockdown isn't temporary. It's nothing new. It's it's a permanent fixture in their lives in terms of that isolation, confinement, discrimination, uh, isolation that they would experience. So, yeah, I, I do think, you know, we're, we're kind of meant to be family. We're, uh, we're meant to grow compassion, aren't we, for, for one another. So I think one of the positives of this time Time will have been that we can kind of in a small way um, empathize a bit more I think with those who are most persecuted and hit hardest by that around the world and I think too for me I think it's, it's been a really powerful time to actually learn some of the faith lessons from those most persecuted and and actually to, to, to realize that we can survive and thrive in hard times and times of crisis and time and time again for me the persecuted church have taught me a lot about that. In terms of our focus at the moment, in terms of countries where we're supporting Christians most persecuted um, during COVID-19, I'd say we, we have a real focus on um, on Asia, just because the, the, the sort of restrictions have been really tough there. And, and that whole idea of the, the fact that actually aid distribution isn't going to Christian families and, you know, the 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 desperate calls that our partners on the ground have received um just you know heartbreaking and so the rapid response teams have been amazing in terms of just you know a call might come in and i think of a lady could uh, called usha living in a very remote part of india phone phone phones a, a rapid response team member and and is just desperate saying we need food no one has visited us you know others have had food but we haven't can you come and help us and then within you know, within a day, within hours, a rapid response team have been able to go and visit them and encourage them and take supplies that were so desperately needed. So, um, we're, yeah, like I say, we, we, we're seeing just so much need and and so much to do. Um, so much so we've actually uh, launched an advocacy campaign on behalf of Christians um, living in, in places like India and Bangladesh, southern philippines vietnam where where they're not getting the aid and really sort of wanting to bring attention um of that to to members of parliament 
here in the United Kingdom who could actually maybe speak up and and use their power and influence to speak up for for minority religious groups around the world. And that is actually something, you know, listeners over over New Wine can get involved with as well, very simply, very easily. Even though the church buildings are physically closed, it's it's just been great to see the UK church respond uh, to love our neighbours, to love Jesus more, to to be bolder, to be braver. And and I guess, you know, it's great to see United breaks out as as an opportunity to really equip us and embolden us and and give us kind of teaching and worship that will just hopefully be an overflow into into our communities into our localities where we can really uh, share the hope and love of Jesus to our neighbours and those around us so um, we love the vision of New Wine as Open Doors we've had a you know a great great relationship with the guys at New Wine so always it's a real highlight highlight for me personally you know attending and, and being part of each summer United event um, and and yet so I think yeah in terms of New Wine I love the fact that New Wine have been really you know quick and swift and agile and 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 that whole idea that actually even even in this context of doing something very different and I think yeah just that invitation we were always going to be part of the summer anyway so I think for us just that opportunity really also during the season of lockdown to be able to share the reality of courageous faith in the context of persecution and the pandemic is is a is a really great opportunity for us and also there's an opportunity you know um, to, to potentially reach more uh, people digitally. Uh, which is great, which is a great opportunity for us, um, I think, to, 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 to share, share the story of, of what we do and, and, and share the story of what God is doing around the world to both inspire and challenge uh, the UK church to, to get involved and, and to speak up and to make a difference. So, yeah, I think it's just we're really excited about the opportunity for United Breaks Out and, and what Open Doors are going to be sharing and, and um, just telling the stories of courageous faith. So we have a few videos that are going to be shared in the, in the arena sessions. And these are really just short, powerful stories of Christians around the world who have taken risks and, you know, fully believe that Jesus is worth the cost, worth taking their, their putting their freedom, their lives on the line for following Jesus. So we've got a, a story of a, a pastor from India, really brave leader who has seen his church destroyed and yet out of the ashes of that, seeing his church grow and God do some amazing things. So it actually fits in so well with the theme of United Breaks Out that actually the spirit is still very much at work and, and on the move and, and actually can't be held back or contained, can't be locked down, uh, which is fantastic. And another video is a story of Mushtaba, a guy who has spent time in prison for his faith in Iran and just the incredible story that you know he sort of says if he had to go through the, through that time again, he would because he was so close to Jesus and Jesus met with him so powerfully in, in his prison cell. So some, some stories like that. We also have a, a great interview uh, with a pastor from India um, who's one of our partners on the ground and that is just a heartfelt piece where where Paul Harcourt the leader of New Wine interviews Pastor Samuel and just to get an understanding um, and, and an understanding of the extent of what Christians are facing and what they've gone through during lockdown and in this time and also actually the fact that the persecution um, has been increasing and escalating so much in recent years in India anyway and just just kind of hearing that but in the midst of that hardship and difficulty also some stories of like God at work where we're seeing the spirit at work as well so it's, it's both a uh, an, an inspiring and challenging uh, watch listen so that, that's something something else uh, we're involved in is secret church and we're really excited about that 
the whole idea about secret churches is to kind of worship with the world's hidden Christians to for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, sort of um, get a taste of what it's like to worship uh, like those who would do it in secret. So um, we're doing it over Zoom and it's just going to just be a great way just to get a taste of like whisper worship, singing in silence, sharing scripture from memory, um, that kind of thing. And also it's a resource that listeners can can go and download on our website and actually run in their own church context as well and it's just just a very powerful way just to kind of in a small way like we're talking about empathy weren't we just to understand a little bit and 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 kind of enter into the world of of restriction and confinement and actually worshiping in a very different kind of way to to what we would normally do so we're really excited about what we're going to be sharing we also asked emma what we can pray about for open doors well i think one thing is to give thanks for what we have been able to do in terms of the incredible support from the UK church, but equally what our teams on the ground have then been able to do in response to the COVID-19 crisis. So we're, we're hugely grateful and thankful that 100,000 Christians in Asia have received COVID-19 food and aid. And we couldn't have done that without the UK church, individuals and churches collectively stepping up and being part of this story of bringing hope to to those most persecuted so something to be thankful for but we appreciate that in so many situations around the world uh, the context that so many of our brothers and sisters are living in will continue to be hard continue to be tough there is still so much more to do you know 260 million christians facing extreme levels of persecution that's a biggie that's one in eight christians globally that are persecuted and our, our goal at Open Doors is to, you know, bring hope and resources to as many of them as possible. And, you know, that vision that we had way back in 1955 when the, when the work began, to, that no Christian should be forgotten, no persecuted Christian should suffer alone is something that we, we fully believe in and, and, and are seeking to live out today. So I, I guess just that we pray for, for the protection, the provision of our teams on the ground, particularly, you know, working and operating in very different, difficult situations around the world where perhaps they're being monitored a lot more closely secret police might be prowling around just making things difficult you know just recently uh, we've heard of um, a rise in arrests in in the in, in Iran amongst the um, house church secret house church movement there and those kind of stories are coming out all the time so you know persecution and incidents like that are happening all the time and so we want to pray for our teams to be able to respond, to be able to provide, you know, not just relief aid, but the discipleship, the trauma support, whatever it might be that Christian communities need. So, yeah, I'd love, love listeners to, to pray for provision, for protection and also perseverance, perseverance for, for our, our brothers and sisters around the world, that they would keep going, that they would just keep leaning into Jesus no matter what. Father, we give thanks for the vision that Brother Andrew had back in 1955 about serving the persecuted church. We also give you thanks for the support for Open Doors from the UK church and the ability for them to put many workers on the ground in countries where Christians face persecution and restriction. Father, at this time of the coronavirus pandemic, we also give you thanks that 100,000 Christians in Asia were able to receive food and aid from Open Doors, Christians who otherwise wouldn't have received anything because of their faith. But we also pray for the hard and tough conditions. But we also pray for the hard and tough conditions that millions of Christians who face persecution around the world are 
enduring at this time, that you would be with them, that you would reveal yourself to them even more. And Father, we pray for the protection and provision for the Open Doors teams on the ground in closed countries, that you would provide all that they would need, that you would close eyes as they would go about their work, that they would work unseen for you, but serving very effectively those that they need to in the countries in which you have placed them. And Father, we pray for the perseverance of persecuted Christians, that they would continue to lean into you no matter what, no matter what circumstances they face, that they would know you and know your presence and know that you provide all that they need and that you are their rock and their comfort. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our thanks to Emma Worrell of Open Doors for speaking to us. The Secret Church event is happening tonight, that's Saturday the 1st of August, but you'll need to book on the United Breaks Out website. Now, if you have a testimony or a story that you'd like to share with us here on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our message line on 0300 302 3203. That's 0300 302 3203 and leave a message. We'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about United Breaks Out, how you're finding the event and particularly what God might be saying to you through the experience. United 2020 on New Wine FM. Next up, we speak to Anna Hawkin from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Anna is the UK coordinator for their Parenting for Faith course. We asked her to tell us a little bit about BRF and how Parenting for Faith fits in with the organisation. So the Bible Reading Fellowship has been around for over 100 years, helping people to grow in their faith. And it now consists of lots of different programmes, um, Anna Chaplaincy to help older people, Messy Church, which many people have heard of, uh, Parenting for Faith, which is really about um, equipping parents and carers to help children and, and teens have a long life lasting relationship with God. Um, and we do that in all sorts of ways. We have a, a free course and a podcast um, and yeah, lots, lots of ways that we try and uh, reach parents with that and support churches to be the community around them that they need. So the founder and pioneer of Parenting for Faith is Rachel Turner, uh, and she was a children's pastor in a church. She'd worked in a few different roles with children's and youth um, and really had a, a revelation and an epiphany from God that she was spending all this time making Sundays great and trying really hard to get parents to pick up on what she was doing. Uh, and finding that really difficult. And God led her to Deuteronomy 6, where it talks about um, faith as part of the everyday, something that you talk about as you walk along the road and uh, right on your doorpost, something that happens in the normal and the everyday. And she really changed her perspective. Um, she ended up writing a book called Parenting Children for a Life of Faith uh, and writing a course. So that was more than 10 years ago now. Um, and she's written many more books. And then it was about four years ago um, that Parenting for Faith became part of the Bible Reading Fellowship. And through that, we've really been able to grow it uh, and make all our resources freely available and really expand the depth and the breadth of them. We have had hundreds of courses registered around the world in the UK and far beyond. Uh, and even in lockdown, we've had 30 or 40 people, um, churches running courses, saying that even over Zoom or however else they've managed to run them. Uh, we think there are probably a lot more because our resources are free. We don't necessarily know who's using them. 
Uh, but the feedback we get is always uh, that it's transformational, both for children um, and the way that they're able to connect with God and teenagers. Um, but the thing that always strikes me and excites me about it is the way that it um, helps people personally as well. The number of people who've said, oh, I did this for my kids. I did this for my child or my teenager or my grandchild. But it's really changed my relationship with God. Um, because it talks all about um, how you connect with God and how you make that visible to your children um, and how to have a two-way conversation with him, how to spot when you've got wrong views about him and unwind those. Um, and lots of people have found that very helpful, both for their personal journey and for discipling other adults and children in their life too. Do you know, it's funny um, looking back with hindsight, isn't it, on this pandemic and what's happened, uh, because we can really see how God was setting us up and preparing us for this way in advance. Um, two or three years ago, we switched to most of our training and resourcing being online. Uh, so we do monthly online events for parents and carers and for children's youth and family leaders. Um, we have been delivering the course via Facebook as a watch party so that people who didn't necessarily have a um, community where they were could link with others online. Uh, so we started that a couple of years ago. So when um, the pandemic hit, for us, it wasn't such a huge shift of, ah, how do we do this all online? Um, because God had very kindly given us a little bit of time to practice on that. Um, where we have made the changes is that um, there were lots of courses running in person in churches or in coffee mornings, toddler groups, that sort of thing. Uh, and most of those have gone online using Zoom or Skype, something like that. And we've got a guide on our website how to run the course online if you don't feel very comfortable with that. Um, but people have been very creative using it in their Sunday services, particularly for kind of multi-generational content and children's online videos. Um, all our course and the books and everything is based around five key tools. So five really simple everyday things and that a parent can learn and then just have in the back of their mind, have in their back pocket uh, to drop into the day in little bits. It's not about long family de devotional times or extended bedtime routines. It's about little snippets within the day. And we've really found that during the pandemic, people have picked those up and used them in a new way. Uh, you know, in many ways, it's a gift. The churches are not open. We can't drop our kids in Sunday school and say, hey, you sort it out. Um, I hope they're going to learn everything about God from you. Uh, but parents have really had lots and lots of time with their children, which has been difficult as well as wonderful. Um, but that's really meant that people have wanted to explore this. There's been a hunger and a thirst for it like never before. And I actually think that's really exciting. It's God stirring something. It's God using the situation um, and really putting that control and authority back in the hands of parents and carers, whoever's at home. We are always shaped by the people who we are serving. Um, you know, our prayer is always, God, what do these people need and how can we serve them? How can we give them what they want? And just as I was saying that, um, you know, we took lots of things online because we recognised lots of people were isolated where they were or maybe couldn't get out to a course in the evening because of babysitting and work commitments and health, all of those things. Um, so that shaped uh, switching to going on Facebook a lot more. And what we're noticing now is that people are really missing the connection and the community. So we have been doing far more through social media, um, but we're also looking at delivering some of our wider training. So our training for church leaders um, via Zoom and looking at um, you know clever ways to do breakout groups and connect people with topics that are relevant to them. You want to find people who are in a similar situation and um, connect with them and support each other. 
So we're thinking creatively about how to do that um, and how to raise up hubs with kind of a, a contact that can put people into touch with others in their area. I think it's just amazing the vision for United Breaks Out. Um, New Wine and those particularly the summer festivals have been so significant to so many people over the years. And I think we, uh, like many other people, were disappointed at the thought of, gosh, we can't have that. It's such, a, such an encouragement, such a boost, such an opportunity to share stories, to, for God to do things in people's lives and um, to share with children and young people about those and for children and young people to have their own experiences and things to carry them through. So the thought of doing nothing was, you know, awful. <laughs> um, and I just think this idea is brilliant because it allows people to pick and choose to connect in the way that they want to. Um, and we are going into a new time. It's going to look very different. And uh, one of the great opportunities of that is more personal discipleship. So where we haven't been able to gather in person as a church, there's been a lot more time within the family and within the home. And the parents need all the encouragement and confidence building and equipping that we can possibly give them. We want to love them and say, this has been hard, this has been long, but you are doing well, you're doing a great job. And here are some tools that can help you go even further and even faster and, and even, you know, really help your family to connect with God. And, uh, you know, it, things are changing again, aren't they, in this next season? Um, and that's why our seminars, we've um, done one on parenting for faith in a post-pandemic world. You know, look at this next season, going back to school, what is it that our children are going to need? Uh, we're doing one on managing failure and disappointment because there is a there is a grieving, there is a loss in this time. Uh, you know, not being able to go to the United Gatherings is part of that. But there's been so much more things that our kids and our teenagers have missed out on and uh, things in the future. And that's just an amazing life skill and a foundation to know how to do that with God. And then our um, third seminar is all about teens and kids finding purpose in this time. Because um, one of the things a lot of people have lacked, and I can say this as an adult as well, is not meeting um, for church in person. You don't have that role in the same way of seeing where you're needed and where you're being used in a Sunday context. But that opens up all sorts of opportunities to reach out to the community to disciple friends and families and neighbors um, and it is an amazing opportunity but we need to grasp it we need to grab it and not just be so tired and exhausted from the emotional long haul of lockdown uh, that we give up this is an amazing opportunity and we don't want to miss it so we want to give parents everything that we can to equip and resource them for that we then asked Anna about the seminars that Parenting for Faith are holding at United Breaks Out and Beyond and then asked her to lead us in prayer for the ministry. Rachel Turner has recorded five seminars for the Parenting and Families stream, which cover topics that are real and relevant for what's going on right now. The first one uh, is all about parenting for faith in a post-pandemic world, in this new uh, season and world that we find ourselves in. How can we be helping our kids through that transition and change? The second seminar is all about managing failure and disappointment with kids and teens. How can we change the way that they perceive failure and really value their effort and progress and help them clean up their mess and use examples of your own failures to help them? The third session is all about helping kids and teens find purpose in this next season. Without purpose, we feel hopeless and helpless. So how can we help them to know what God has called them to do more generally and also specifically for right now? Then there are two bonus seminars which will be released after at the event. 
One is specifically for um, parents who are church leaders. This has been a real time of change and challenge in that arena. Um, and there's lots to think about going back into this next season. So it's some support for them. And the final seminar is called Families Breakout. It's all about growing kids' passion for mission and evangelism. So linked to that purpose one in some ways, but uh, if we're not just gonna stay in our safe little bubbles, if we're gonna reach out to our communities, how can we do that as a family and really grow that interest in our kids as well? And then there are a few other things going on. Uh, it's a live Q and A with Rachel Turner and Rick Otto. Uh, we're doing some messenger meeting rooms in the resource hub. And we've got some uh, resources for starting conversations uh, with whoever you're watching United with too. So Father, thank you so much for United Breaks Out. Thank you for this amazing opportunity and all the people who have poured effort and energy and creative ideas into it. I'd just love to pray for every single individual who's watching. I pray that you'd prompt and stir people to watch, even if they wouldn't have done normally, particularly people who wouldn't normally come to United Gathering, and um, that they would discover it for the first time. And Father, I pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit and fill and equip and resource and ignite people's passion for you. Would you draw them to seminars which are really gonna be what they need? Would you speak clearly to them? Would you um, bring people healing? Would you give them new ideas for amazing and creative projects and initiatives? And I pray particularly for uh, people engaging with the Parenting for Faith seminars and that it would be what parents need, that they would feel encouraged particularly those who are tired, which I think is everyone, um, and just exhausted from this season, that you would give them a new energy and vigour, that they would feel really confident to help their children meet and know God. Um, and especially for those who are disappointed or struggling, maybe lockdown's been hard or their children or youth aren't very interested in God at the moment. God, would you give them fresh ideas, fresh energy to pray for their children? and just ignite a passion in them to persevere, to keep talking about you in the little things, in the normal, in the everyday, and that um, whole families would be able to journey with you and go after you. Amen. Anna Hawkin from the Bible Reading Fellowship talking about parenting for faith and their input into United Breaks Out. Uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. So that's it from us for the moment. We'll be back this evening taking a look at the main sessions at United Breaks Out, including last night in Impact with Ben Lindsay, this morning's teaching on Nehemiah from Jill Duff and Joe Saxton in the arena. There's also a Spotify playlist of the songs that we'd usually be playing on air this summer for you to listen to in the comfort of your own home. Links can be found on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash newwinefm and on our Twitter account at newwinefm. Thanks for listening and we'll be back later. God bless. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.